He was just the third ever guest on this very show almost three years ago. And we wanted to have him back because he and his band are celebrating 35 years of hits together this year. I'm talking about the lead singer of Shenandoah, Marty Rabin. Joining us on the Honky Tonk Time Machine. Marty, we're excited to have you back. How have you been? I'm doing great, Glenn. They say three times a charm, so that's that's uh, that, that we started off good. <laughs> <laughs> you betcha. I know we're about to get into the holidays too. Here, uh, you excited for that? You know, I really am. This this is without a doubt uh, my favorite time of year. I man, I I love. First off, I love the fall of the year, and oh. then uh, you know uh, when Thanksgiving comes around, you know that Christmas is right around the corner. You know, and I I don't really get lost in the hustle and bustle of. I'm part of it. I I love it. You know, I I love to shimmying around to try to see if you you know get gifts and and getting out in the crowds and all that other kind of stuff. I I actually enjoy that stuff. I truly do. And and uh, uh, it's honest and truly is probably my favorite time of year. Your your 35 year anniversary tour is going on now, but it'll kind of stop right before Christmas. Is that when you kind of lay low a little bit more, get with family, and 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 start doing the going into Christmas mode? Yeah, you know, it's the craziest thing. You know, uh, we work like uh, mercenaries this year. I mean, we really have. I mean, we've probably, we've probably done more, more dates this year than we ever have. It kind of gives us a, a little bit of an opportunity to catch our breath, you know, uh, for the holidays and then to, you know, kind of fire back up because uh, I think we start back next year. We do the Huckabee Show the 27th of January, and then, uh, and then it's Katie Bar the door for the rest of the year. So, uh, you know, we're, we're just really excited about it. We've got a brand-new single that's coming. It's a tune called uh, Revival. In fact, uh, Tyler Hubbard, uh, uh, one of the guys with uh, Florida Georgia Line, was one of the writers on this, along with three other guys. And, and man, it's just neat. Uh, you know, it, it's it's really a song that uh, that's about you know the, the coming out of COVID and everybody being able to get together. You know, and it's you know it starts off. It's been a long year. We can all agree, but it's great to be back in Tennessee. Ain't no place I'd rather be sitting next to you, next to me. How you been? How you been? How you been? Picking right up with some good old friends. Been so long, it should be a sin, but here we are again. We're having a revival. A good Lord hallelujah. You know, these red dirt road disciples got spirits running through us. It's rowdy reminiscing and tailgate conversation on this down-home hometown congregation. We're having a revival. And, uh, man, it's we're really excited about it. And, and uh, uh, we've been playing it live for the last little bit, and, and uh uh, which we'll, we'll come with that the first of the year, uh, getting to radio and everything. But, uh, it, boy, it's, man, it sure does seem like the crowd. I mean, boy, it's all over with. You know, they're raising their hands and, you know, doing that revival pump, you know, that everybody does. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's a tune that's uh, got a lot of gospel overtones to it. You know, uh, the lingo uh, that you, 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 you'll hear at most churches, you know. Nice little callback in that line of the next to you, next to me. We've heard that before, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, sure have. <laughs> when that was pitched to us, that, that wasn't the line that was in there. There was a line that was similar. Uh, we we kind of put the uh, sitting next to you, next to me, we kind of put that in there to, you know. I like Just kind of, you know, change it up a little bit. We didn't get writer's credit for it, but, you know, <laughs> we, we thought if we could throw it in there, it, it might be kind of neat. I like that quite a bit, and in fact, when we when we put this show together, we're we're definitely going to play revival and, and let our fans uh, hear it, let your fans hear it, and definitely have them let us know what they think about it. So that's something you're excited about. You got a new song. You're out on tour. You got lots going on right now, Marty. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, you were speaking about the uh, the Every Road CD. You know, we we had an opportunity to 
to get in the studio with a with a bunch of buddies of ours in the business. Uh, Zach Brown, Blake Shelton, uh, Lady A, uh, Dirks, uh, uh, and, and and a gal that I've absolutely fell in love with, uh, Ashley McBride, and, and uh, Carly Pierce has been a friend of ours for years and years and years. In fact, her mama would bring her to the show. Uh, several years back, and and every time you know, and, and especially when you know, because she's from Kentucky, and uh, usually every time we hit Kentucky, you know, they they'd come out, and uh, and she'd sing she'd sing Allison's part on Vicinity of the Heart on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so she, she's part of it as well, and, and uh, uh, Brad Paisley's uh, on the record, and and uh, man, I don't want to leave anybody. Else. Cody Johnson's on it. Love Cody, man. I. I think he's probably one of the freshest and the hottest things going right now. I mean, I, I really, I really dig what Cody's doing. I do too. When we last talked, you were just about to release that album, and since then, we've gotten to hear all these songs that you put together with all these artists. I know you had a lot of fun recording that. It was, you know, the, the only thing that I really hated about it uh, was was us not being able to, you know, because it was COVID. Yeah. Uh, you know, we did it in twenty, and and so therefore, you know. Uh, you know, folks wouldn't come to the studio, you know, and, and, you know, they, you know, like, uh, Charles, Lady A and him, you know, they, they wanted to do it at their place. And, and, uh, so we sent the tracks over and then Dirks did his in Colorado. And, uh, uh, we sent, you know, down to, down to Georgia, we sent Zach's stuff and, and, uh, man really hated that. Cause you know, that, that's really where the camaraderie of, uh, of friendships and buddies and all that kind of stuff. That's where you really get to excel and get to know each other a little bit better. You know, when you're hanging around the studio with each other and you, uh, well, I, I don't know. We always like to have a lot of fun. You know, we poke fun at one another a great deal when we're doing that anyway. Because we, although as serious as it you know as it is, we I, I think we we use a lot of humor to kind of kind of exhaust the uh, the nerves and the and the, the intensity of you know. Look, man, this has got to be right. You know, sure. And sure. and so therefore, you know, you, you get a chance to do that with other artists, and and uh, you know, we didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, uh, like we'd planned, but you know, uh, then again, nobody planned on COVID either. But uh, hey, it was still it was still a lot of fun, and, and uh, you know, phone calls and text messages and stuff like that. You know, since then and before then was was good too. And, and uh, uh, you know, it, it's certainly an album that we'll always cherish. Uh, you know, honestly, we we just kind of wished it it had seen a little bit more of the light of day. But then again, you know, uh, again, you know, we you know we didn't have anything to do with COVID and and. Uh, it, it's just one of them kind of things that happens, you know. So we just, you know, we pick up and go on, and, and we got this new one coming that we're awfully excited about. In fact, Billy Dean's got a got a cut on this uh, on this new record as well too. It's called Handkerchief, and okay. uh, man, it's just a uh, man. It'll remind you. Uh, of course, it's a different angle, but it, it'll remind you a whole lot of of a mama knows type thing. Uh, it says, uh, you know, he had a handkerchief. Like most grandpas do, he said, "One of these days, you're going to need one too." Like when your baby girl puts a wedding dress on, or your last child moves away from home, or saying your goodbyes to a loved one that's gone. I love that. Yeah, it, you know, it's just man, it's just really a great tune. Billy Dean's a a really good friend of ours, and we, we, we're doing a uh, country comeback tour with with uh, him and Wade Hayes, and uh, we done several dates this past year. We got some more, you know, planned for '23 as well, and. Uh, we were uh, out in uh, uh, Nevada, and uh, Billy was doing sound check in the middle of it. He goes, hey, hey, hey. And I was sitting on the drum riser. He said, hey, look, man, I got a tune for you. I said, okay. I said, are you done sound checking? He goes, well, yeah, I mean, I can be. I said, well, good. Then play it for me. 
So he right there with the guitar, he just played it for me, and and uh, and I said, "Man, are you doing anything with that?" Now, did anybody looking at that? He said, "No, man." He said, "I he said I knew coming out here, I, I was going to play it for you." I said, "Man, Billy, don't let that get anywhere." I said, "Man, I, I, a dollar against a donut, we'll cut it." He said, "Well, you can have it." And uh, man, I sure am glad he did. You know, uh, it's a man, it's a good little old tune as well, too. That's great. I'm excited for that. Billy and Wade are both friends of the show as well. They both come on shortly after you did, actually, and, and they're just great guys, great musicians, aren't they? Yeah, they are. You know, and, and you know that's that's really kind of what you find uh, in country music. You know, there's a lot of a lot of fellas that uh, they get out here, and you know, look, look, for one thing, every one of you has got the you know the same ambitions and the and the same things in common. So therefore, there, there's a there's a conversation starter, you know, in anything that you would tell road-wise or, you know, what'd you do last or what are you doing and what's going on, you know. So, therefore, there, there's always an open spot for a conversation. And, and uh, before it's all over, you know, you wind up having a having a really lengthy conversation in that. You get to you get to know a lot about, you know, uh, other acts and, and, and you know, that, that, that at one time was nothing more than just an acquaintance that, that's turned out to be really, really good, dear friends. And, and uh, I wouldn't give anything in the world for that. For the past 35 years, we've been real fortunate enough to do that. Uh, man, we've, you know, we're fortunate enough to, to befriend Haggard and, and Jones and Vern Gosden and, and uh, you know, of course, the, the Oaks. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a really, really, you know, nice, exciting 35 years to be able to do what we've done uh, and to be fortunate enough to do what we've been able to do. Uh, I'd have to say, first and foremost, that, that, that it's the tunes that's got us there. You know, it's, it's the tunes that's made it, you know, relevant, you know, for us to, to be out anywhere. You know, the Mama Knows and the Two Dozen Roses and Church on Cumberland Road and Vicinity of the Heart and Moon, uh, Moon over Georgia, you know, just just songs that's you know that, that that's been able to stand the test of time, and it's allowed us to to continue to be out there and, and doing what we love. You know, we still we still love this stuff, still love people. Uh, somebody asked me the other day, said, "You think about retirement?" I said, "What and travel?" <laughs> 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 we do that now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, 35 years, it's kind of hard to wrap my mind around that, that it's been 35 years. You know, last time we talked a lot about your reunion in 2014, but we didn't get into much of the beginnings of the band and how it all started back there in, in the in the mid-'80s. How did, how did Shenandoah get together? Well, you know, let me say this first. You know, I don't think anybody that, that, that ever starts a career, uh, a Ray Price, a George Jones, Charlie Pride, Millsap, I, I don't think anybody, uh, you know, ever said, you know, man, 40, 50 years, you know, 55 years from now, you know, uh, this is what we, you know, the oak, 60 years. You know, I, I don't think anybody starts off and says, you know, 60 years from now, this is what we're going to be doing. I I think you just kind of go from day to day, and, and that's really kind of how we started out. You know, uh, when we uh, uh, when we got in the studio for the first time, uh, the legendary producer Rick Hall at, at Fame brought us in along with Robert Byrne uh, that co-produced and, and – uh, you know, we just we started the process of trying to find tunes, and, and, and we really actually had felt like there was a void in country music because, you know, what they say nowadays, the bro country and stuff, uh, well, you know, when when we first started, they were calling it middle-of-the-road country, you know, because you had a lot of country acts that were cutting a more pop-sounding country. Yeah. And then, you know, you had your traditionalists, you know, that, that you know, your Randy Travis and your Alan Jacksons and, 
and people like that that, that was doing what they were doing. And, and we felt like, well, you know, if there's any way in the world that we could slide into that void in between there, you know, we could find that Mama Knows or, or uh, uh, Two Dozen Roses or A Sunday in the South, you know, that, you know, and and that was all the process of us trying to find the tunes to do that. And, and uh, it took us a couple albums, you know, to find that vein. But when we did, uh, we, we kind of felt like, you know what, that, that's that, that's that's what we need to keep, you know, continue to, you know, to look for in a tune. You know, let it say something to somebody. You know, make sure it says something, you know, that it speaks to people. Because you know, you know, music will either make you laugh or make you cry. But it's got to do, it's got to do one or the other. You know, it's really got a you know a, a great song. That's a difference between a good song and a great song. A great song will move you to the point that you get lost in the lyric, and and you you know I, I, I've lived through that. Or man, I, I I know I know how that feels. You know that that's that's when you know you've got a hold of something. Or you know what, man, I did that when I was a kid. Yeah. Or you know what, man, I do that today. And, and that's you know when people talk about commercialism, I, I think that's the heart of commercialism. Is when people are able to to get in there and get after it and 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 realize that look, hey, you know, this song has substance to me because I can identify with it. You know, I I really can. That you know, there's such things as ditties, as they call them. You know, when we wrote if Bubba Can Dance, we we knew if Bubba Can Dance, you know, it was just a ditty. But during the time when we wrote Bubba, you know, the dance craze was going on. So therefore, it made it the number one record. But you know, that's only because what it was. I mean, we. We don't get a whole whole lot of requests, you know, for if Bubba can dance compared to you know two dozen roses. You know that makes a lot of sense. And something that I've noticed when I look up and down an artist catalog, it's like, man, I can't believe that song went to number one, but that one didn't. And you see that quite a bit. And I think you've kind of helped explain that it's kind of a, a sign of the time and what was going on at the time that has a lot to do with it. Now, how did the band get its name? How'd you land on Shenandoah? Uh, well, you know, actually, uh, Rick Hall uh, had a production company, and that's who we signed with, and, and they had a deal with CBS. And uh, at the time uh, that we did the deal and, and the time we were recording, we didn't have a name. And uh, we even run on the local radio station where we lived, WLAY, and was, you know, named the band contest. And, uh, you know, we didn't have one. Well, we had a had our first record uh uh, they don't make love like we used to. Was going going to press at five thirty that afternoon. Well, at five o'clock, uh, Rick called earlier in the day and said, "Look, everybody, be in my office at at five o'clock. Uh, we got a choice between two names, and we're going to pick one of them because uh, y'all got a record going to press this afternoon at five thirty in Carroll from Georgia, and there's got to be a name on it. So let, let's have that meeting. So we did, and, and, and when we got up there, uh, which now he claimed he got the got the name out of a Time Life Western book. Now, the only thing I've ever heard about Shenandoah was on the Eastern Seaboard, but mm-hmm. but nonetheless, he got he claimed he got it out of a Time Life Western book. But anyhow, uh, we get in there, and he he gave he, uh, Rick Blackburn at that time was was uh, uh, the president of of uh, CBS Records, and he was on the phone as well too. And and uh, so uh, we were doing a conference call with Blackburn, and and uh, Rick said, "Well, all right, here here's uh, here here's the names." Y'all ready? And I said, well, yeah. He said, all right. It's either Shenandoah or the Rhythm Rangers. And we kind of looked at each other. About to, I said, man, I ain't no Rhythm Ranger. <laughs> I said, that don't even sound right. <laughs> and uh, which, honestly, truly, we, we think we think they just threw Rhythm Rangers out there because they wanted to use Shenandoah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and somebody even said, are you serious? 
And they go, yeah, look, it's either one or the other. Now, which one is it? <laughs> and it's like kind of giving us that, you know, that opportunity that you ain't going to get a chance to vote on it. It's going to be one or the other. And uh, I said, man, I, I said, I don't even know how to spell Shenandoah, but I, I like that a whole lot better than I do the rhythm. I said, man, I ain't a rhythm. I don't even know what a rhythm ranger is. Uh-oh. And uh, so that's, that's, that's actually how we came up with it. I say that's how it was given to us. <laughs> I'm glad your fans are glad that you chose Shenandoah and not – not the Rhythm Rangers. That sounds like a, a superhero outfit or something. <laughs> yeah, like a tubby toy or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, the tubby toys. <laughs> From there, the hits started rolling, Marty. I mean, uh, Mama Knows, Church on Cumberland Road, Sunday in the South. You know, they, they, you just started rolling them out one right after the other. And you talked about that kind of middle-of-the-road sound that you had. And I, I say that's a good way to put it because you had the – the harmonies of like the, the pop leaning groups like Restless Heart, but you had that traditional country sound and lyrics like, you know, the, the Alan Jacksons and George Strait. So y- you guys sure knew how to put music together. Brother, we was just real fortunate. I mean, we really were. Uh, you know, Rick was a good song, man. Uh, you know, Robert Byrne was one of the writers on uh, uh, Two Dozen Roses and, and about three or four of the songs that we had for singles. And, uh, man, Robert was a great song guy, too. And, and uh the, the one thing that, that, that I'll say uh, that that wound up being a uh, an absolute uh, treasure to us was, you know, they, they really actually taught us how to pick a good tune when we heard it, you know, because you get pitched tunes all the time, you know, and, and uh, somebody said, man, you know, you think this is something y'all would cut? Well, they you know, they want an answer. You know, you, you think, you know, y'all would cut it? Well, you know, man, I, I don't think so. Uh, man, it just really don't sound like anything we do. Uh, now that you know, don't keep it from being a uh, a good song. Uh, but you know, you know, our purpose in that and, and trying to to stay out there in front of people and stuff like that, and be able to give people, you know, everything in the world we can. You know, you got to find the great ones. You know, but he stopped loving her today. The green green grass at home, uh, bridge over troubled waters. You know, man, those kind of songs that, you know, when people hear it, they go, man, that's, man, I, I love that. And, and, and I loved it the first time I ever heard it. You know, that, that that's the kind of tune, you know, that you're looking for, you know, that, that, that it continues to draw. And, uh, and, and again, the Lord has, has truly blessed us with that and, and blessed us in that. Pick some good ones. Church on Cumberland Road was your first number one and, and great songwriters too. I know, uh, Bob DePiro is, is one of the, yeah. More well-known songwriters in the business, and there were some others on that one, too. But uh, great songwriters, great songs, and Church and Cumberland Road was your first number one. Uh-huh. It sure was. Uh, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, even at the time, you know, it, it, it was just really, it was honestly really kind of hard to believe, you know, because, uh, you know, look, Rick didn't want us to cut it. Oh, yeah? Robert did. You know, Robert's the one that found it. And uh, 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 Dennis Robbins. And John Scott Sherrill was the other two writers, and Dennis had pitched it to Robert. And uh, anyway, so we played it in a song list, and Rick said, hey, whoa, 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 it's boys, look, that, that ain't nobody going to get drunk and go to church. That, that, that ain't what that's about. And we said, Rick, that, that's not what it's saying. You know, this is a guy that, you know, it's the night before he gets, you know, it's like a bachelor party or something like that, you know, maybe, or. And he's just going out for one last fling before he gets married. That's what it's it ain't, ain't nobody get drunk going to church. <laughs> he goes, Marty, people don't do that. I said, Rick, I, this, I don't think the song's saying. Does anybody else believe that that's what it's saying? And it, it, but I don't hear it that way either. I kind of hear it the, 
you know, the the, the, the night before, you know, kind of sowing all the oats and, and knowing that you got the rest of your life to be married. That's what it sounds like to me. And uh, <laughs> Rick said, well, I can tell you one thing, y'all can cut it, but it uh, it ain't going to go nowhere. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you know, Rick, when it went number one, he said, well, he said, I'll tell you before anybody tells me anything, I'll, I'll eat crow and, and say I was wrong on it. <laughs> it wasn't, I, now I'll tell you, I'll tell you another, another thing, too, right before that. Uh, or, or I think it was right after it uh, was Sunday in the South, if I ain't bad wrong. Maybe it was right after it. Yeah, it was right after Right after it. Yeah. Rick, Rick didn't like church, uh, Sunday in the South either. Man. He, he said, look, he said, I, he said, man, I'm going to tell you something. He said, boys, that ain't going to get played past the Mason-Dixon line. And we said, Rick, are you serious? And he goes, yeah. They, 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 them people up there don't know anything about Southern living. And uh, it said, I guarantee you, I'm telling you, you boys can cut it. In fact, I'll even cut the tracks on it. You know, I think it's a good song, but I just don't think anybody's going to cut it, uh, going to let it go. And so, well, you know, Rick, it, man, it's, it's, it's really a, you know, it's kind of about where, you know, where we're from. It, it, you know, if it don't say anything else, and it says something to us, you know, in fact, we even did the video uh, right here in, in, in Tuscumbia, Alabama, you know, the, the county seat of Colbert County, where we live. And uh, uh, we done the video there. And and, uh, uh, and then, then all of a sudden, I, you know, I was doing radio calls and stuff like that. And, and why and why at that time in New York, uh, they're, they're not there anymore, not not playing country anyway. Uh, it went number one. And I've I, I done an interview at why and why in New York. And I called Rick. I called Rick before I called and done the radio interview, and I said, Rick, uh, you ain't going to believe this. And he goes, what is it? And I said, uh, Sunday in the South is number one at YNY. He said, New York? I said, yeah, it's number one. I said, now here's the stinger. It was number one last week, too, Rick. He goes, are you kidding me? I said, yeah. I said, are they not above the Mason-Dixon? <laughs> <laughs> so he laughed, and he said, I missed another, didn't I? I said, well, it, it sure looks like it, Rick, but. Hey, we still win for it. I said, so good luck, man. You cut some great tracks on it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, there they was a lot of funny stuff. That, that, that You know, Rick was one of those kind of people that, that uh, you, you had to know him, you know. Uh, and you, you just had to – Rick Rick would uh, cut records on the theory of elimination. And he'd put things on a record, and you'd think, hey, he's not going to leave that, is he? And then when it was all over, he wouldn't – but, you know, he, he kind of wanted to know that just in case. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 it was a great experience. I, I loved working with Rick. And, and, of course, you know, you couldn't argue with the success that he had. You know, I mean, he's, a, he's what they call the, uh, the godfather here in Muscle Shoals of, uh, of uh, you know, uh, R&B music. You know, uh, man, Aretha Franklin and, and uh, Wilson Pickett, Otis Redding, uh, Cindy Stanton. Uh, you know, the, the reason why they was an Almond Brothers was because of Rick Hall. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, it, you know, the cat, you know, he, he had it. Uh, but, you know, then again, uh, you know, he, he, Rick, knew what, knew, Rick knew what he liked and, uh, and, and, and knew what would work. And, and something he'd tell you, he said, son, look, I ain't going to be right all the time, but I'm going right to be right a bunch. And, 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 and he proved that to be the truth. He, he was. I loved working with Rick. He, uh, he, he really got it out of all of us. I mean, he, he really would. He'd say, boy, let me tell you something. If you don't take your stuff serious, I'm going to take it serious for you. And you ain't going to like me for it. 
You know, because you can get in the studio and you go, Marty, you got to sing out again, son. I, I, you know, it's a couple places in it flat and sharp. And I go, can you tell me where? No, I ain't going to tell you where it is. You just need to sing it again. <laughs> you know, and, and to tell you the truth, you know, uh, I actually learned how to sing in the studio working with Rick. You know, three the three albums that we did with him. Uh, and then I, I done a solo album with Rick as well, too, uh, which was, was four albums that I was a part of that, that Rick did. And, and uh, man, he was just a... Uh, he was a great. He was a great influence to us, and 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 again, so was Robert Byrne. You know, uh, Robert had died early, and uh, man, we hated that. Uh, he he was so much a part of you know. Uh, but I mean, you know, we, we had moved on from there. You know, to Don Cook at that time, we were uh, being produced by Don Cook uh, from from Sony Tree, and all. But uh, uh, Robert played uh, probably just a bigger part of our career and in the early days as you know as Rick did. And it man, it was a good team. I don't know why in the world the label, you know, decided to make a change that, you know, we didn't care for the change. But they you know, they went ahead and they done it anyway and, and uh I mean we still had some hits but uh I, I don't know that that, that 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 the hits we had were sustainable, you know, like like well, except for I wanna be loved like that that Don cut. That that that's certainly one uh, which he cut several, but that, that certainly was one that, that continues to that, to see the test of time. Well, yeah, while we talk about that, when 1993, I want to be loved like that, the lyrics, everything about it, that song is just beautiful. Yeah, man, it sure is. And, man, it just tells such a such a wonderful story. You know, and I, I don't recognize anybody in the world. I don't care how ugly or how hateful you are or how mean you are. I, I don't know if anybody don't want to be loved. And, uh, man, that song, it just... Uh, we're just ministers, you know. It it really does. I mean, we we find on our shows that uh, man before we get to the last course. I mean, every man when that last course comes, everybody I want to be loved like that. And uh, and it man, it's just man, it's just really so nice. To just you know, just sit and listen to them sing it, and uh, and you think, man, that's man, that's beautiful. That's just absolutely beautiful because that song's a touching song. It really is. Like I said, you know, I don't know of anybody that. They wouldn't want to feel the, the security of knowing that people love you. The reference to Natalie Wood and James Dean, it's it's just all around, just a, a, a perfectly written and sung song. Uh, you talked about Two Dozen Roses. Did you know that was going to be as big as it ended up being? I mean, it, when I think Shenandoah, that's the song I think of. You know, honest and truly, we did. Really? I mean, you know, uh, Robert had played us a, a verse and a chorus. And they didn't have the second verse yet. And uh, anyway, Mac McAnally was the other writer on that. Uh, Mac was playing acoustic uh, on the early part of the session that we were doing. I said, Mac, man, I'd give anything in the world, man, if you could, man, if you could write us something that, man, we, you know, I, I could really get my teeth into. And uh, so, and, and Mac tells his story. In fact, he's even got the little micro. Uh, uh, recorder tape, and it, he was he was laying in bed one night, and he got. I brought flowers to your door last night. Uh, I did you wrong, and I want to make it right. Uh, you say I'm not welcome here, and I know it ought, ought to be perfectly clear. If I had two dozen roses and an old, and, and that's pretty much about where it stopped. And uh, and then he, he went on, and that was the first verse. And then when him and Robert got together, uh, they they had you know, kind of fumbled through the chorus and then they wrote the second verse. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's, that's how that happened. In fact, you know, uh, 
uh, Mac, you know, had told that at a, we were doing a writer's round one night. He said, that's the first time I'd ever heard that story. And I thought, man, I, <laughs> he said, you, he said, you remember talking to me in the studio and asking me about, I said, yeah. He said, well, that, that's where that came from. And I said, my goodness, I, man, I, I didn't know that's through all the years. I, I never knew that. So anyway, that, I, I thought that was, you know, kind of neat the way, the way that he come up with it. And, and, uh, uh, yeah, at, when, when it, before it was done, we, you know, we thought, man, it, man, you guys got to finish that. And then before it was all over, in fact, that was one of the last ones we cut on that session after the, uh, extra, uh, the, the road not taken out. Yeah. I mean, that album, three number ones on, on one album. Um, and then a couple others that were pretty big too. Two dozen roses was gold. It's hard to top that for just your sophomore release there. And, uh, and, you know, that's what it was, too, because, you know, at that time, school was out at, at Columbia. You know, they, they, they didn't really know, you know, the, the only thing that we had on the first album was a tune called She Doesn't Cry Anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the first one, They Don't Make Love Like We Used To, I think that bombed at 78 or 76, something like that. And then the next one was a tune called uh, Stop the Rain. It died at 48. So we didn't even make the top 40 on the first two releases. And then all of a sudden, here come She Doesn't Cry Anymore. And it it went to number nine, and then then we did Mama Knows on the on the uh, uh, the Road Not Taken album. Uh, Mama Knows went to number four, and then we came with uh, Church on Come the Road that went to one, and it was there for two weeks, and then we came with with Sunday in the South, and and then uh, Two Dozen Roses, uh, and then a tune called uh, uh, See If I Care. Yep, it, it, man, it was a, it was a nice little run. It really was. The third album was Extra Mile, and the lead single from that was another number one, Next to You, Next to Me, which we kind of touched on a little bit earlier, but that's always been one of my favorites. It reminds me of just uh, country living, growing old with the, the one you love, you know, next to you, next to me. I'll be happy. Yeah, you know, riding down the road in a pickup truck. Yeah. You know, man, who, who in high school uh, that, that drove a pickup didn't have his girl sitting right beside him everywhere they went. I mean, she wasn't sitting on the other side of the truck. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, she's right up, but she could change gears for you. That's right. <laughs> Same on the on the couch, watching TV, and, and everywhere else. Right right next to you, right yeah. next to me. So. Yeah, the barbecue chicken and aluminum pole. <laughs> that always resonated <laughs> with me, too, I got to say. <laughs> yeah, well, it did me, too. I, I'm a big chicken eater. Fried. <laughs> Fried bread or baked, it doesn't make any difference to me. And then the follow-up to that was Ghost in This House, written by another great songwriter and Hugh Prestwood. Well, you know, a funny story about that, we had a song uh, listening, meeting, and and it was over. And uh, this was was right when bag phones came out. You remember remember the old bag phone, the cell phone, the bag phone? Barely, Marty. You know, where you you had to plug... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm telling my age again. You know, you had to to plug it into the cigarette lighter. Right. And and you you had a a black bag and folded over, you know, and you'd have to push a button to turn it on. You know, and anyway, so so I, I, I I had just left the studio and uh, the phone rang and, and it was Rick. He goes, hey, where are you at? And I said, well, uh, I said, I'm, I'm out here on Avalon. I said, I just uh, just left. He goes, uh, turn around and come back. I said, okay. He said, me and Robert's still here. We need to play you something. And uh, it was so, you know, I turned around and came back. And uh, he said, uh, you need to listen to this tune. I said, okay. Uh, is this one we heard? He said, no, we didn't want to play it for everybody. We want to play it for you. I said, okay. 
Uh, is there a reason for that? No. Didn't listen to it. So they played Ghost in this house, and, and uh, they didn't say anything. And I said, uh, fellas, I, you know, I don't know whether you got a comment on this or not. You, neither one of you say anything. You're not even making any kind of motions about it. I said, man, I really like that. And, and Robert said, you do? And uh, Rick said, do you, do you really like it? Do you like it enough to cut it? I said, yeah, I, I think we need to cut it. He goes, well, you know, it's about heartbreak, and it's about to, I said, well, you know, who in the world don't get their heart broke? Mm-hmm. I don't mean their life's over. You know, who in the world don't get their heart broke? And said, well, man, we really want to cut it, but we didn't think the rest of the guys would feel the way that you did. I said, man, I guarantee the rest of the guys would have felt the same way. And then when we played it for everybody, you know, everybody said, man, yeah. Man, who, who is this you Presswood guy? Man, let's find out what else he's got. And, of course, you know, he wrote Hard Rock Bottom of Your Heart, uh, The Moon's Still Over His Shoulder. Uh, and, and, man, the list goes on. You know, I mean, he man, he wrote the song Remembers When. Uh, you know, huge. Man, he's just a huge songwriter. And, uh, uh, but, man, when he let us have that, in fact, Allison told me, said, you know, I, I, I want to cut that too. That said, but I want to do it slower than y'all did. And, uh, and and then Allison Krauss cut it, and, and she did. She cut it a whole lot slower than we did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, in fact, somebody told me the other day, said, you know, uh, when Allison came out with that tune, and then, then y'all recorded it, I said, well, man, we actually recorded it before she did. And said, you did? Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, well, is it, 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 I mean, it's the same, it's, it's the same song, right? Ghost in this house? Said, yeah, we cut it, and then she cut it. You know, okay, okay. Well, I thought Allison Krauss did that. <laughs> but that'll go to show you again the power of the song and uh, the difference between, you know, who, who's popular at the time and when they come with it. You know, it's just like uh, a lot of folks, you know, think that uh, that Wagon Wheel, uh, you know, was something new. Yeah, when that, was, that was an old song, wasn't and it? Everybody yeah. said, man, that man, old, old Darius, is, man, man, he's killing that song, man. I, I like that new song, but Darius doesn't get thinking. Man, that song probably twenty five years old. Yeah, but you know he he did it, and then next thing you know, you know that's Darius Rucker's tune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a Bob Dylan song that got turned into something else by Old Crow Medicine Show. That eventually, I was to say Old Crow cut yeah. it before he did. Yeah, I think Bob Dylan had the lyrics a long, long time ago, and then and then Old Crow Medicine Show kind of did something with it and. Yeah, that's been around a long time. Love that song. Yeah, I, I, I do too. Speaking of Allison, you guys did Somewhere in the Vicinity of the Heart together in 1994. I just watched the music video again to that recently, and it, it was just so wonderfully done as well. What was it like working with her? And I'm sure that was a that was a fun experience. Yeah, because you know what a lot of people don't know about Allison. Al- Allison is very, very jovial. I mean, she really is. You know, she seems awful quiet and you know, don't say much, and and, and she doesn't. You know, uh, but sometimes she can come up with some of the funniest, profound stuff you've ever heard in your life, and it's just kind of like, <laughs> I don't know where she got that, but that is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, of course, the talent. Uh, I mean, that, that gal, uh, man, you know, just being across from her uh, on the mic, she was on one side, and they had a had a glass booth that, that, that separated us, you know, to get the separation from one mic to another. And man, just to watch her when she's singing and uh, listen to it when it's going down. I mean, it it honestly, truly, it, it it was angelic. I mean, it really was. I mean, that gal, 
you know, she's a little bit of a perfectionist, too. She goes, no, 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 okay, let me do that again. I don't like it. I go, Allison, <laughs> what in the world are you going to do to fix that? Because <laughs> that, no, no, it, and then she'd do something else. She'd go, well, no, that is really good. <laughs> no, 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 I still don't have it. Allison, <laughs> okay, if you could better that. Hey, y'all keep that take, though. Right. <laughs> she is that good. I mean, she's won more Grammys than any country artist ever, and she deserves every single one of them. So. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best to talk her into doing another on this new album that we're doing because uh, we hadn't finished cutting yet, and I, I'm doing my best to try to talk her into coming back and let's let, let's give it one more whirl. Well, keep us posted because that would be fantastic. In the meantime... Tell me about I Got You, because that one, one of the writers on that was actually Teddy Gentry from Alabama, and I was wondering, uh-huh. why didn't Alabama just cut it, or, you know, what, what's the story there? Well, uh, you know, I'd mentioned a while ago about some of the tunes that Robert Byrne, the producer, you know, had written, and that was another one that he had written with Teddy and, and Greg Fowler. And uh, anyway, so they were over at Teddy's house, and... Uh, 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 you know, they Teddy asked me to come over and sing some demos for him at his. You know, he, had, he got a recording studio in his in his basement, and said, "Man, I got some tunes. I'd give me anything or if you'd sing the demos for me." And when I was over there, they were working on that. And uh, anyway, so uh, Robert said, "You think that's something y'all do, Marty?" I said, "Man, I tell you what, I, I man, I really like it, Robert. I really do." I said, "Man, what I really like," I said, "Man, you could really turn Jim loose on the guitar on the end of that." I said, man, that could be an Almond Brother type anthem things, you know, that that could really just smoke. It really could. And you know, Jim Jim Seals, our guitar player, was such an exceptional guitar player. Uh, always has been, and always will be, as far as I'm concerned. And and uh, you know, we we hadn't done anything that ever really turned him loose uh, on a tune. And and then of course, you know, when we played it live, you know, we extended it about three or four minutes to just let him just just get out there and ride on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just a great player, and uh, anyway, so that that's that's actually how we kind of kind of come up with it. Did Alabama think about recording it, or did they pass on it, or do you know? You know, I, I don't really know. I, you know, I, I don't know whether they did or whether they didn't. Uh, I know that when I asked Robert about it, uh, you know, we were not even having a song. It, it was in between records, so we were not even listening at that time. And, and I told him, "Man, did y'all get that song finished?" He goes, "Yeah, we did. We did." I said, man, you, you still thinking about pitching our way? He goes, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, we'll see. And and that really was about the extent of until it come, you know, the song listening thing, you know, uh, the the next one we had before we did the, you know, the uh, the extra mile album. Well, speaking of Alabama, I, I guess I need to get your thoughts on on Jeff Cook, who just passed away. And you know, from a band that has also lost a member of it, of its own, uh, you can kind of relate to what those guys are going through. What were your thoughts when you heard that? Well, you know, I, I knew that Jeff had been in bad shape for a pretty good while. Uh, I'd seen him a few times, and, and of course, me and Teddy would talk, and, and uh, I'd ask him how Jeff was doing. Uh, uh, you know, and he teaches well. You know, he's, he's getting he's getting pretty rough. I said, "Is he able to go out with y'all at all?" He goes, "Well, he he, he comes out every once in a while." I said, "Marty, he he don't he just comes out. He he don't do anything. He can't." You know, but 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 he is. Look, he's still he's still part of us, and he you know he'll come out there and make an appearance. He'll get out there and wave, and and everybody will, you know let them know how much you know they love him and stuff. And, and uh, but you know, Alabama uh, had opened the doors for a lot of us. 
the restless hearts in little texas uh ricochet uh sawyer brown mm-hmm. uh diamond rio you know they, they they opened the door to a lot of acts like ours and you know if they hadn't have uh uh, you know, I guess maybe somewhere down the line that would have opened up, but but they certainly were the flagship that that made it possible for everybody to believe that a self-contained country act could actually you know have a deal and do something in the business. And uh, I tell you, man, Joe Galani over at RCA uh, and his whole staff, Jack Weston and the rest of them, man, they they were they were very very smart cookies to sign those guys and. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they, they made musical history. I mean, they really did. I mean, so many things that, that had happened in country music had, had literally never been done before. And, you know, in Alabama, you know, broke the, uh, broke the way for a lot of people, but certainly for self-contained acts like, like us. They paved the way for you. Who would you say your biggest influence was? Uh, now, are you talking group-wise or individual-wise? Yeah, whoever. Doesn't matter. Man, I, I was such a fan of uh, of listening to stuff that was really good harmony wise. Man, I I love the Osborne Brothers. Oh yeah, uh, the Osborne Brothers are the ones that you know that did Rocky Top and, uh-huh. and, and and several other my favorite memory and and stuff like that. But I also was a big Stanley Brother fan and and uh, uh, love Johnny Paycheck. Uh, and of course, you know I, I don't think you could find a country music singer that you know male especially that that didn't love Jones and Haggard. Uh, uh, you know, Vern Godston, you know, uh, man, it was a guy that was out in the early years, probably in 72, 73, 74, somewhere around there. His, his name was Mundo Earwood. Hmm. And, uh, man, he had a, he had a tune called a pyramid of cans. And, uh, man, I, you know, I, that, that was during the time, you know, when we were playing bluegrass music, but that's, that's, that's the kind of stuff him and John Wesley Riles. Uh, John Wesley Riles had a tune called uh, K. Uh, I'm, I'm living, Lord, I'm dying, staring out at Music City from my cab. Uh, and, you know, and that's the stuff that was popular at radio at that time. Of course, Conway and Loretta and Porter and Dolly and, and uh, uh, George and Tammy, you know, there was a lot of duets uh, from them in, in that era. And, uh, uh, you know, there was just a lot that, that, that influenced me and, and, uh, and somebody asked me one time who I thought the greatest country music singer was. Not you know, I, I, I don't I don't know that anybody can name. Uh, I can't uh, because you know. I, first off, I think it comes down to preference and and whatever somebody likes. Uh, you know, Jones and Haggard had done an album together, and uh, you know where they split split up and they they done each other's hits. You know, Haggard would sing a George Jones hit, and, and, and on this album, Jones would sing a Haggard hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, you listen to it, and you go, you know, like, uh, uh, I always get lucky with you. And, I, you know, I, I thought I thought Jones had wrote the book on that. Yeah. And then, you know, then, then on this album, you know, Haggard singing, and get the, you know, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, That's pretty good, too. <laughs> wait, yeah, no, wait a cotton pick a minute. You know, so, you know, you know it's all, it, you know, I think it's just all preference. And look, I, I think great music always continues to stand, and great artists that, that has a talent, I think they'll always stand as well, too. I think there's always a place uh, in the country music history that, 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 that'll mark a spot for an individual. Uh, that that's got there. I, I really do believe that. People talk about their their Mount Rushmore. You know their top four. Uh, can you do that? Can you narrow it down to a top four? Uh, yeah, I, I probably could. I, I'd probably say uh, 
uh, uh, Bobby Osborne, Ralph Stanley, uh, uh, probably George and Merle. Okay. I like that list. I like that list. Get a little bluegrass in there. Classic. Yeah. Country. Yeah. I like that a lot. Look, yeah, you know, the first time I'd ever heard when the grass grows over me, I, I didn't hear Jones's cut of that. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I'd heard the Osford brothers cut of it. And, uh, you know, they'd cut it. And, and I thought, man, man, what a great song. And then all of a sudden, oh, man, they must have got that from Jones. <laughs> uh, and, and, of course, you know, when he did it, I, you know, I, man, oh, man, that's, you know, that's good, too. And did you say my favorite memory was one of those, too? Yeah, my favorite memory, in fact, a little story about that. You know, they had released my favorite memory in 68, and that that was the that was the A-side of a, of a flip single, you know, a, 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 what was at that time was a real single. You know, where a 45 went to radio stations, you had, you know, your A-side was the song you were pushing, and the B-side was what they called the flip side. Uh-huh. And uh, anyway, so on the on the second side of that, the B side was Rocky Top. You know, you had DJs that, that, that through the night, you know, that they were playing my favorite memory. But you know, uh, then in the evenings, you know, a lot of the, the the night jocks were playing the the flip side. And then the next day, somebody, said, hey man, play that uh, that Rocky Top by the Austin Brothers. They go Rocky Top. And then <laughs> then it got to finding out, and then Rocky Top, you know, was the was the bloomer. You know, it, it was the it was a sneaky peek that come out of the those recordings, and it uh, it was really pretty neat. It really was. It uh, uh, it you know, Sonny Osborne told me that story, and that that really actually was uh, you know, like you, I, I I like stories, you know, that you hear the behind the scenes stuff on. Oh yeah, and yeah. said man, if it they said if it hadn't been for you know a couple of fellas flipping that record over, we'd have never had the career we had. But Rocky Top is is what is what did it for us. That's what I love about doing this show and talking to you and, and, and folks just like you is I learned something every single time. 35th anniversary of Shenandoah this year, and they're on tour right now. What can they expect when they come out? Well, you know, we're going to try to try to bring, you know, high energy and, and get folks involved and, you know, have folks uh, listening and, and, and being a part of it. And, and you know, because, you know, that way at the end of the show, you know, they, they, they got to be a part of a show instead of just sitting and witnessing one. You know, when people hire us, they hire us you know, to entertain people, you know, so that's, we go in as entertainers. So therefore I, I think that's what you need to do, you know, contractually, you know, we can, we can sit up there and do the 90 minutes and the two hours and, and leave and, and, you know, a promoter or a buyer not get mad, but we don't play for the promoter or the buyer. You know, we, we play for people that, that, that's, that, that's, that, that's where, that, that's where we want to get. We want to get with people. And you know, and have them enjoy the show. And at the end of the evening, if we've done that, then then hopefully people will realize that that, that they they actually were a part of the show instead of just sitting and witnessing one. The new song is called Revival. We're going to get a hold of that. We're going to give that some spins as well. Uh, and when can we expect the new album out? You think? Do you have a guess for us when you think that might be? Uh, yeah, it'll probably probably be uh, uh, the later part of of uh, of the of the spring. I, I'm not sure. I don't know whether it'd be uh, May or June. Uh, but but it, it it'll be it'll be deep a little little deep in the year instead of the you know the first part of it. And is the album title going to be the same as the single? You call them that revival as well, or yeah, probably it's probably going to be revival. Marty Rabin has been our guest, lead singer of Shenandoah. Marty, it means a lot to me that you'd come on my show for a second time. I hope you have a wonderful new year. I know big things are in store for Shenandoah in 2023, and I'm excited for it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Glenn. Same to you too, buddy. Right. And, and I hope we'll get to see you here for too long, bro.